0: Hey Danny, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Can you hear me? Yeah. So it seems that
1: I don't know uh, the phone. Uh, the system here is, uh, was a little bit weird. Hmm. Interesting.
0: Yeah, because was, uh, you know we were we were on the air for a few minutes, and I couldn't I couldn't hear a thing.
1: Yeah, that was odd, but you can hear me clearly now, right?
0: Yes, yes, I can hear you just fine. It's funny.
1: Uh, you, you might not even need to use... I might not even need to use a microphone. It's kind of uh, weird here. Uh, I'm going to have to check that out later. Uh, it seems that maybe there's a lead to something going on here with some of the interface, but I think I have it figured out. Uh, so, Danny, welcome to uh, another week here talking pro wrestling. Uh, it's uh, so seven minutes into the show. Uh, we apologize to everyone for the dead air. Uh, most likely, if Danny could not hear me, that means nobody could hear me. And if nobody could hear me, but I could hear Danny, most people probably could hear danny and whatever he was rustling and hustling about uh, people probably heard very very well uh, so danny what are you up to tonight rearranging
0: um, no i was just moving stuff around on my desk and uh, getting everything ready since you know i couldn't hear you i didn't think that that uh, we were we were ready to rock and roll yet yeah, well, but I am here. We, we, we are uh, ready. Yes. Yes. Well, good. Awesome. Let us commence talking about professional wrestling. Then.
1: Yeah. We haven't heard back from, uh, uh, from Mika since uh, she escaped uh, the southeast to go to parts unknown. Uh, but one day she will reemerge, I'm sure. But, man, let, let's start uh, with what I consider some of the hottest stuff coming out of this past week and the weekend, and that being New Japan Pro Wrestling's Power Struggle.
0: Power Um, Struggle was a fantastic show. Um, Probably one of the better shows top to bottom they've had in quite some time.
1: Yeah. And going in, I was not very thrilled about the main event. Um, And I also... Wasn't thrilled of how long it was, it felt longer than it was to me, but nonetheless, very good showing. So, let's go ahead and break it down. You know, uh, we started the match with uh, the show with an eight man tag team match Volador Jr., Titan, TJP, and Clark Connors, uh, defeating Justin Thunder Liger, Tiger Mask, Tegushi, and Yuya. You um, with you taking the, uh, the L here uh, for the team and uh, almost everyone uh, stay in the ring uh, to pay their respects to Liger uh, except for uh, one uh, very unhappy Clark Connors or displeased. Yeah, Clark-,
0: Clark Connors is a young line is a little unusual. Um, I think, you know, he, somewhere i heard that the young lions are told not to shake hands um that the wrestling ring is for fighting not for you know handshaking if you want to shake your opponent's hand you do that outside the ring i wish more people in wrestling would take that rule but i digress um so yeah clark connor's um you know not staying there to to pay attention to legend a little unusual but you know, this match was basically just the melding of some of the teams from the Super Junior Tag League, um, getting to square off against each other, and then, of course, Liger getting to wrestle probably his last time in the city of Osaka, which I think is where this event was. I don't think they'll be back at, in Osaka before uh, his retirement. So I think that was kind of the main thing of putting him in this match was giving, giving the Osaka fans one more time to see him live.
1: Yeah, so... Quick match here to open the show. Uh, You know, just highlight uh, everyone here. Um, As you said, people from the uh, from the Super J Tag Team Tournament uh, Tag League here. So, we followed up with Bullet Club. uh, Ishimori and ELP uh, versus Chaos' Rocky, Romero, and Robbie Eagles. Uh, This was quite a a match, about a little bit less than 10 minutes. Uh, I think maybe even less than that, but uh, yeah, I think it was pretty good. I I really enjoyed this tag match between these guys.
0: Yet again, more, you know, melding of teams from the super junior tag league, you know, Robbie and Robbie and Rocky were on different teams in the tag league, but you know, both had, have had their issues of course, with uh, the bullet club, Um, you know, interesting to see. And then of course, you know, the book, ishimori and the elp uh still you know not not really happy that they didn't make it to the finals of the super junior tag league despite tying um the two teams that would be in the finals in points but the tiebreaker being that both the teams in the finals beat uh the bullet club team during the regular tag league so that is why they were excluded and it was not a three-way match um for for the tag league this year because there was one team that had been definitively beaten by both uh by the other two teams. So they were not happy. Um you know, they still are the junior tag team champions. Uh so they they are not, you know, out of the picture altogether, um just not in the in the tag league finals. Yeah. Uh,
1: then we are followed up by six man tag action Los Igubernadores de Japon, Evil Sanada, and Shingo versus Suzuki Gun, Suzuki, Saxe Virginia, Lanch Archer, uh, your current uh, United States champion. Here, uh, another fun just let's do this kind of thing. I believe, uh, just you know, get everybody together. Good match. I uh, uh, continue to hear. I don't know Los Igubernales uh, uh, to me, it's like they, they continue to be some of the crowd's favorites, no matter
0: what kind of attitude they have. Yeah, I mean, it does seem to be that the the faction overall is is definitely some of the most popular. Um, you know, regardless of their actions, regardless of who they're against. Um, you know, you can look across the crowd. And just see that there's just mountains and mountains of Lij merchandise, um, you know, whichever combination they are, no matter who who they may be facing, uh, you know, most of the time the Lij crew is uh, is over the top. So this this match seemed like it, you know, was had a potential to kind of be a throwaway, but I think they're building for, um, you know, some of the tag league stuff as well as possibly for Wrestle Kingdom. It seems that they might be. Setting a stage for Zack Sabre Jr. to defend his, um, British heavyweight championship against Sonata for Wrestle Kingdom is where it seems like things may be going. Um, but, you know, Suzuki and Archer are going to, you know, were announced, uh, this week as being a team for, uh, the heavyweight tag league, um, as well as evil and sonata now that evil you know thankfully his ankle injury was not worse than it than it seems to have been uh, so he will not miss any additional ring time um, but it's yeah see it's you know whenever these teams make meet it's always kind of just wild and everywhere uh, hard to control a lot of brawling on the outside and um, just you know kind of general chaos. Yeah, and now he, we start
1: getting to, to, to some of the, uh, the, good, the really good stuff. Uh, the first match to go over 10 minutes, uh, Kota Ibushi and Hiroshi Tanahashi defeat Okada and Yoshihashi. In attack team action, of course, Kota Ibushi will be challenging Okada at Wrestle Kingdom for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. So a uh, good teaser here, good appetizer to get people ready uh, for Wrestle Kingdom on January 4th.
0: Yeah, I mean, they've, they've kind of been doing, you know, putting these preview matches with the uh, the two men in the main event of, that will be in the main event of night one of Wrestle Kingdom, Okada and Kodebushi against each other. Um, you know you add you add Yoshihashi of course because he has a longer tenure as a tag team partner in Okada and you want to put the ace in there because he's absolutely one of the best and unfortunately at this time the ace is kind of floating around he doesn't really have a set path to uh, Wrestle Kingdom but at the conclusion of this match we would see that perhaps he does have something uh, set for Wrestle Kingdom at least One Mm -hmm. of the knights, um, depending on which one they choose.
1: Yeah, and that is has has been made official, as uh, Tanahashi is going to be facing the current, but possibly not at come January, AEW champion Chris Jericho, the
0: Pain Maker, as they call him.
1: He, uh, you know, I don't know though. I don't feel like he'll want to drink a little bit of Budley after this match. As I, I see Tanahashi here getting the edge, uh, in my opinion. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's going to be an interesting match. Tanahashi and, uh, Jericho. Now Jericho, I believe is currently the, maybe the only, uh, AEW wrestler that's scheduled to be a part of Wrestle Kingdom. Um, I haven't looked at the, uh, the updated, uh,
0: Matt card as of, as of now he is, um, you know, there's been rumors that they may be opening a working relationship, but when, uh, when Moxley went into the G one, AEW kind of made a statement saying that, uh, you know, Moxley's deal with new Japan was completely independent of his AEW. It was made, outside of that there is no working relationship they're not sharing talent um but then we hear these rumors again of course with jericho being announced that there is a talent share possible but then of course online we're hearing from uh i think it was matt jackson saying no there's no talent exchange but we know that the jacksons especially like to kind of play storyline stuff on online you know so if there is a t- some kind of talent program that is yet to be announced. They may just be saying no to downplay it. Um, we don't really know, but uh, yeah, so far no, you know, no mention of Moxley. You know, he was stripped of the United States uh, Championship for his failure to appear because of the uh, the typhoon. Basically, delayed a lot of um, a lot of plane a lot of planes taking off and landing and all these things. Um, but since he was in an advertised title match. It is on their authority that if a title match is advertised and you are unable to attend for any reason, they can strip you. So the fact they stripped him so quickly, rather than rescheduling it, makes me think that that might have been Mox's last date for New Japan, um, and there wasn't a current plan to bring him back. Uh, so I don't, I don't know. This is just kind of me speculating and putting some of the pieces together. Uh, but I think Jericho may be the only you know contracted AEW talent. Um, to work with New Japan at Wrestle Kingdom. And I think it's because it is a longer-term program. It was back in Dominion, you know, over the summer, uh, where Chris Jericho fought Okada. And after the match, he continued to beat Okada down with chairs. Tanahashi was doing commentary. Tanahashi hopped up to make the save and stop the attack. Jericho kind of ran off. Um, So that that's kind of planted the scene. So there could have been... A contract long before AEW's television deal started, and all this that Jericho was slated to work specific dates. So that may be why he's here, or will be at you know will be in New Japan where others may not be.
1: Yeah. So yeah, we will see though. But in the meantime, we get we get Jericho, <laughs> and of course, you know, Jericho, you know, has the ability to uh uh to to make you know. The, the closer he wants, uh, I think, no matter where he signs, uh, he does like to have the freedom to be able to do whatever he wants. Uh, and why not? I mean, somebody, uh, like people say, somebody of his stature has earned that right. So we shall see here. Um, next up, uh, we get to Nate over defeating Taishi. Uh, and of course, uh, yeah, these two. Uh, you know, continuing the feud between the the two factions here. Uh, and I don't know. I mean, I, I like Taishi. I, I don't really care for the gimmick, but I thought in this match, he looked really good. I mean, and I don't know if it was, you know, Naito or just the fact that Teishi's continuing to get even uh, better. But, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed this match.
0: Well, that's the thing with Taichi is that that's why the crowd kind of has this love-hate relationship with him. He is an amazing wrestler. He is like he was, you know, he's like a a Toshiaki Kawada protege. So he has that ability in him. And if you remember his match against Ishii from the New Japan Cup, um, you know, his never open weight title match against Tomohiro Ishii. You know, he has the capabilities to pull out these really good matches, but he kind of relies more heavily on uh, the gimmick and the kind of shenanigans of, you know, using the microphone stand and and these kind of, you know, those kind of things. And that's, I think, is part, it's ultimately part of his character, is that the fans have this love-hate relationship because they know he has that, like, fighting spirit deep within him. But he relies, he, he chooses to rely more on these kind of shortcuts and underhanded tactics um, to win his matches. So, this this thing with Naito, you know, they both essentially kind of goaded each other for several weeks and, and kind of brought out different sides of each other. Um, and they kind of unofficially made it a number one contenders match for the uh, Intercontinental Championship just because Naito is the former champion. Uh, tai Chi beat Naito in the G1 while Naito was the intercontinental champion. So Tai Chi felt that he should be, you know, given a title shot, but then Naito loses the belt. Um, so I think this was kind of, you know, I don't, it, it was kind of the unofficial. Uh, number one contendership. I think that they kind of decided that whichever one of them won would, would make a challenge for, the Intercontinental Championship, you know, presumably at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, Naito, I mean, brought out a much more aggressive side than we've seen out of him in several months. Uh, you know, definitively putting the stamp on Tai Chi, even hitting Tai Chi with uh, with his own fin- You know, one of his own finishing moves in loot. Lieu- you know, on his in route to hitting uh, Destino, which is extremely unusual for for Naito to use somebody else's move. So I think that was more a definitive stamp against, you know, this this feud with with tai Chi. Um But as you mentioned, the the feud between the factions continue. Over the overwhelming support by the crowd for uh, for Naito, and that's pretty much just regardless of of the opponent, the fans seem to have an overwhelming support for Naito. Um, but he gets he gets a very confident and concise win uh you know hopefully aligning himself for uh, another shot at the intercontinental championship.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean these two have an on and off feud. Uh they've been going at it. They've had several matches and I think this one really uh a really great one uh that everybody should definitely check out and watch if they if they haven't already. Uh but continuing on uh we did get the uh, Super J Tag League finals with uh, Roppongi 3K uh, defeating Suzuki-gun's El Desperado and Ken Amaro. Here, uh, I did you know once they announced these two as the finalists, I kind of thought maybe there'd be a possibility that suzuki Go would take the win. But at the end, you know, I'm not surprised that they went with Rapunji 3K. Uh, and uh, they are the champs and, you know, they, they won, I believe the second in a row, they won last year, right?
0: This is their third win in a row. Third win in a row. See? This is their third time winning the Super Junior Tag League, three in a row. The year before that, it was Rapongi Vice. So this is the fourth year in a row that a Rapongi team has won the Super Junior Tag League. Wow, kudos to re- Coach Rocky there.
1: Uh, I know on right? that one. Uh, but yeah, uh, almost 15 minutes. I thought it was a it's a very good uh, match, and but got me very excited. Was post match with uh, Ishimori and uh, ALP coming out and attacking Rapunji 3K and uh, stealing the belts and
0: the trophies. Well, I mean, I, you know, New Japan booking loves to book, have the good guys kind of come from behind. So Roppongi 3K, uh, the day before the Super Junior Tag League started, they lost a match to El Desperado and Kanemaru. Uh, you know, very, very definitive loss. Their first matchup in the, uh, the Super Junior Tag League was against El Desperado and Kanemaru, and they lost again very definitively. Um, then show and yo would go on to lose to ELP and Ishimori. So they lost two in a row, um, you know, two straight to Desperado and Kanemaru. Uh, you know, so they would Show and Yo had to work, you know, as as Sho's back is getting hurt, you know, throughout this tournament, um, you know, overcoming the adversity. Uh, you know, they finally get the they get they get the win over Kanemaru and Desperado. You know, they get the win and but, unfortunately, they don't get time to celebrate. You know, Ishimori and, and ELP are the champions. And they yep. were still pissed that they didn't make it to the finals. So, they come out and do this brutal attack. And they steal the trophies. They steal the Super Junior Tag League trophies. Now, the last couple of years, the winner of the Super Junior Tag League typically challenges for the Junior Heavyweight uh, Tag Team Championships at Wrestle Kingdom. So, with... You know, Rapongi 3K losing the belts in the first place to ELP and Ishimori. Losing to them in the Junior Tag League and now getting beat up, you know, and their celebration spoiled. Uh, it seems most certainly that this matchup will happen at Wrestle Kingdom. You know, not, with it being two nights, it's, it's you know, they're shuffling up. Some of the title matches are on one night, some are on the other night. Um, so, it you know, most likely we will see this match again uh you know between these two teams. Show and yo were just you know outstanding as a team and they seem to just get better and better. Uh the crowd just, you know, loves them. Uh you know, as they, you know, guys that came through the young, you know, through the dojo system, they were young lions, and then they went on excursion to um you know to Mexico and then they went on they went on excursion into ROH for a while, you know, and bounced around some of the American independence. You know, we saw them here in Atlanta at uh at an roh show you know back when they were the Tempora boys and uh we also saw them at uh the the one and only bulletproof show before aew there was the promotion that cody tried to start here in georgia um you know they had their one and only show and and they were featured there once again as uh you know the uh the tempura boys as they had yet to return to new japan and become Rapongi 3k um but, you know, they've they've grown a whole lot, and they just keep getting better and better. They're kind of developing individuals, not just as a team. So I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy uh, Rapongi 3K and look forward to them, you know, having a big spotlight match at Wrestle Kingdom and hopefully winning the championships back.
1: Yeah, uh, of course, uh, this is going to set up a, a battle, I'm sure, for uh, Wrestle Kingdom in the 4th or the 5th. Uh, again, I haven't looked at the card. Uh, it, it's in, in the last week, so they may have already announced it. Uh, but <coughs> we'll have, most likely, uh, the Super uh, the Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions Bullet Club uh, defending against the uh, Super J Tag League Champs, uh, Rapaji 3K. Um, but, yeah, so that's – next up, though. All right, and people say that I I love the flippy stuff. Uh, my favorite match of, of the of the whole show, coming up next, a never open weight championship, which did not change hands. Uh, bless the Lord. Kenta defeats Ishii uh, to retain the championship in twenty minutes.
0: Outstanding match, dude! Like so, when Kenta first came back to New Japan. And in the G1, he looked pretty good. But I think since he joined the Bullet Club and he's adapted more the the cocky, arrogant Kenta persona, he is just firing at all cylinders. Promo-wise, you know, in his backstage comments and all this, uh, in the ring, where he just kind of has that smug attitude, I think it plays so well. And against somebody like Ishii, it's just... it. I mean you know they they nearly killed each other at the uh, at the show in the UK where Kenta beat Ishii for the championship i think they they continued to say that both guys were kind of knocked were kind of knocked loopy during that match and that's why there were some weird kind of weird moments where where things kind of got a little sloppy because they were both kind of out of it um, so you knew this one was going to be a hard hitting match and it absolutely was uh, Kenta is a beast and Ishii is a beast. So you knew these guys were just going to go out there and hurt each other. Um, Kenta, you know, gets the win. Uh, no bullet club shenanigans this time. Um, you know, it, he won the belt with, you know, uh, the gorillas of destiny coming out, distracting the referee and attacking Ishii and these kind of things. Uh, but Kenta did it on his own. Uh, definitively, you know, knocking Ishii away from the never open weight championship for the time being, um, possibly aligning his next challenger as one of two people, depending on uh, who who is healthy. I guess um, if Shibata is truly healthy enough to return to the ring, it seems that Shibata versus Kenta would be a Wrestle Kingdom match. Um, as he continued to attack Shibata, who was at ringside doing commentary, um, you know, Kenta to broad, you know, beat him up and, and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, even possibly Goto, if Shibata is not able, you know, Goto could fight on behalf of Shibata as he trained at the LA dojo under Shibata, etc. cetera. You know, they're, they're high school friends. Um, so it, you know, we could see haruki goto versus kenta at wrestle kingdom which in itself would also be an awesome match but i think it kind of hinges on if shibata is cleared or is you know is willing and able to to get in there and have the kind of caliber match that he would need to with kenta um for wrestle kingdom so i think that kind of is still up in the air a little bit
1: yeah Uh, Man, I mean, you basically said it all. And what else can I say? This match uh, did it all for me. This is the kind of match that you're watching at 4 a.m. in the morning. And you're trying to, you know, stay awake to watch the whole show. All All of a sudden, this is like a shot of caffeine up in your veins. And feel like drank a couple of Monsters. And I'm like, it's all wide open. This, yeah, it's this is that kind of match.
0: It, it's the kind of match that has you yeah jumping up and down on your couch, uh, you know, while these guys are just knocking the knocking the dog tar out of each other, you know.
1: Um, yeah. just, no, I mean, no offense to to everybody
0: else on the show,
1: but I mean, this th- this is the kind of what defines a New Japan Pro Wrestling match. You know, this is strong style that everybody wants to imitate these days.
0: absolutely absolutely it is and uh you know these guys this is how both of these guys have wrestled you know pretty much their entire career with the exception of the the handful of years that kenta was was within the wwe um you know he's he's known for these kind of matches he pulls these kind of matches out of just about everybody um you know so you you finally have kenta kenta was bragging you know leading up to these in the backstage comments and stuff like i'm i'm still working to my prime form He's like, I'm not quite at my prime form. He said, so Ishii, here is your chance to beat me because once I get to my prime form, you will not be able to beat me. So to boast that Kenta, as good as he is and as strong as he looked in this match, is in theory only going to get stronger because he's not quite reached his highest level yet is kind of scary for anybody who has to step foot in the ring with him because he will hurt you. Uh, He will absolutely hurt you. And, man, Ishii, the things that he does at
1: 43 years old is amazing and mind-boggling.
0: I mean, he 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 truly is. He's he's pretty much like the MVP of New Japan. No matter who you put him in the ring with, where on the card it is, he's going to have an outstanding match.
1: Yeah, match of the night contender almost every night. You put him out there, and that's why you do put him out there in these big matches, because you know you're gonna get the best. Fantastic. All right, next up, and man, if you if you did not get teary at the end of this match, uh, in the aftermath, you have no soul. Uh, Will Ospreay defeats Bushy to retain uh, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Uh, well, you know, I, I thought it was, it was a good match. Uh, Osprey did his Osprey things. They, you know, think you know. but I, I, what, what I was like blown away with it. I, I thought it was a really good match and, uh, well, everything set up. For the aftermath.
0: Yeah, I, I want to kind of talk about the match for a minute before we get to the aftermath, which of course is is the big story coming out of this. I have not always been a really big fan of Osprey. Um, you know, I felt that he he kind of sometimes does too much, sometimes kind of oversells, sometimes kind of does some of the flippy stuff, like just to do the, just to big kind of boast that he can. Um, but. This year, I feel Osprey is hitting a different stride. Um, you know, he's kind of put on some muscle mass. It seems that, you know, that helps him add impact to his moves. You know, he's he's unveiled some new offense. He's worked on kind of pacing himself a bit better um, to where I've, I've become a really big fan of Osprey in 2019. And it's, you know, throughout his... You know, uh, Wrestle Kingdom through the New Japan Cup through, you know, the best Super Juniors and and all this. I think he just keeps doing really really well and he actually made me really interested in a match featuring Bushi, which I've never, which is kind of hard because I really just don't care for Bushi. I think he's just yeah, exceptionally bland. You know, like like he's got the you know he does the mist and all this, but he I, there's just still kind of a disconnect between me and Bushi. I just don't really enjoy his stuff usually, so. Uh, for me to get in, really interested in this match, I think was you know is it more plays to Osprey than to Bushi trying to step it up, um, you know. But it was a really fun match. Osprey retains as he continues his dominance over the uh, the junior division, you know. And and he's talked about someday he would like to you know that that possibly the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship could one day um, possibly main event Wrestle Kingdom. Um, You know, that's one of his goals. And he has dabbled in heavyweight, but I think he wants to stay at at junior heavyweight and continue to to elevate the prestige of that division. Um, And, I mean, he's pretty much cleared out the division. All the biggest, all the heavy hitters. You know, he he beat just about everybody within the, the super junior, the best of super juniors. Um, You know, then he went to give uh, Shingo Takagi his first loss in New Japan. You know, this guy hadn't been beaten uh, since his debut in the company, you know, like last October. I think they said something like 60 or 70 matches plus. And Osprey hands him his first loss. Um, Osprey goes on to defeat Dragon Lee, um, you know, and, you know, avenge some of the losses that he suffered at the Best of Super Juniors tournament. He's pretty much clear out the division, be all the best, you know, all the top guys, you know, and except for one, because this guy hadn't been there for, for well over a year. And he decided to reveal himself after this match as Osprey literally called out to the back and said, I've beaten everybody. I've beaten the best who's left, who is left that I haven't beaten. I want to fight you and prove that I'm the best. Um, You know, so a man who held the junior division for, you know, a year or two, the guy who was the focal point of the division, has returned.
1: Yeah. And, well, what's always sticking, a time bomb. And, man, here Osaka Japan exploded to... Hiromi Takahashi returning, saying he'll be back at Wrestle Kingdom on January the fourth. And out comes Takahashi, takes off his brace, goes bug wild, running around the ring, you know, throwing himself to the turnbuckle. And said they made it official. He thanks the crowd, challenges Osprey. Handshake, hug. I can't remember exactly which one at this point.
0: They embrace. The time bomb is back. I mean, he and- he he's back, and it, there was a time when people didn't think that he was ever going to come back. I mean, he suffered a nasty, nasty neck injury. You know, as a broken neck uh, at the finals of last year's Best of Super Junior tournament. Um, you know, people speculated about whether Hiromu would ever be back. And nope. here he comes back uh, in, you know, in Osaka. I guess it's almost two years to the, um, to the day as it was power struggle 2017 when he returned from excursion as the time bomb, um, you know, and would go on to be the focal point of the division until his injury, um, you know, uh, until. A very unfortunate, very scary injury, but he's back and everybody was saying, well, can he be a hundred percent? So that's the reason he went throwing himself around. He was trying to show everybody that he, you know, that he's okay. So he threw himself into the guardrails. He threw himself with the turnbuckles. He pretty much jumped and threw himself to the mat a couple times and did this neck, this weird back bridge on his neck in the ring, uh, just to show everybody how strong his neck really was. And you know, that he's not going to slow down. He's not going to change his style, um, you know, d- despite suffering such a serious injury. He's still going to be the time bomb that everybody knows and loves. Um, you know, and they made a press conference. It is official for Wrestle Kingdom. Will Ospreay will defend the junior uh, heavyweight belt against Harubu Takahashi.
1: I'm all about it, man. I mean, I'm <laughs> telling you. I'm getting emotional I just thinking about it. Uh, yeah, but Hiromu's back, and man, uh, yeah, it's I, I wasn't expecting that one, you know. what I mean, King of Pro Wrestling usually is this comes out to look, look like the second biggest show of the year, uh, with you know a, a lot of things set up for Wrestle Kingdom and whatnot, but man, Power Struggle, uh, yeah, they they, they found a way uh to make this show real special.
0: Well they did and they uh, you know with with Hiromu's return and also with you know title matches happening and then ultimately setting up possible new challengers for Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, you know this is kind of the the la- the last big stop before Wrestle Kingdom is. There are many, you know there's many shows, there's the tag league and um the tag league finals and stuff, but this is pretty much the last big event um before wrestle kingdom in, in you know what, less than two months now. Um, yeah. and a big return is definitely a big, a big way to do that. Yeah. Especially this return. Uh, but next
1: up your main event of the evening in almost 30 minutes, what? 27 minutes plus Jay White defeats Goto to retain the intercontinental championship. Very good match. Uh, Full, full of shenanigans there with uh, Shibata and uh, Kentuck being involved in Ghetto, uh, but yeah, you know what? I, I, like I said, I, I didn't hate it. I, I thought it was very good. Jay White, I think, uh, is coming to his own. In my opinion, I, I'm I'm enjoying him more and more as a headliner here in. The, in Japan, when, at, at the beginning, when he was given the the IWGP Heavyweight title, wasn't 100% crazy about it. But now, it, in this uh, position where he's at them, I, I, I definitely see... I'm buying into it now. Uh, very good match. Still felt very long. But being the main event, there was a lot set up. But the match is definitely... Uh, fun to watch, and then of course, with Shibata attacking Ghetto, and then Kenta attacking Shibata, and then Kenta attacking um Goto, allowing Jay White uh to take the win here. Uh, I I don't know what it it means, uh, for Shibata, but man, if this isn't if he's not wrestling (laughs) at Wrestle Kingdom, they shouldn't be doing this because. Right now, they're messing with everybody's emotions. I mean, you thought Hiromu's official return was emotional. Shib- Shibata was a, it's a guy who, after his injury, should not be alive right now. And the fact that he's able to do even just what he's doing now
0: is mind-blowing. Well, I mean, it's it it you know it really is. But, you know, first I want to hit on the match. You know, I'm, I'm with you on the Jay White train. Now, realistically, you know, at the start of the year, I was not really a huge fan. I didn't really get the Switchblade character. You know, I still don't really understand the character, what it means to be the Switchblade, and what Breathe with the Switchblade means. I don't really know all that. But I'm with you on the more I watch of his stuff as a top-level player here, um, you know, the last six months plus, the more he becomes one of my favorite guys to watch. Um, You know, watching the way he speaks, his actions, you know, the way he paces his matches to where he seems to always have, you know, these set up encounters to, you know, his, his opponent's signature maneuvers. Um, You know, I'm just becoming a huge Jay White fan. He's, he's absolutely one of my favorite guys to watch, you know, right now. Um, You know, this thing with Goto has been going on a long time. So, you know, you needed this match to have a lot of time because this is kind of telling this, you know, the, fi- the final chapter of this story for the time being between him and Goto as they both go on different directions. Now, um, yeah, of course, boy club shenanigans, but that just further, uh, you know, makes the crowd angry with Jay White as yet again. He came to the dojo system, went an excursion, you know, into Ring of Honor and, and several other places before returning as the Switchblade, um, two years then, ago exactly too two years ago as well okay so he and Hiromu returned about the same time um, but it was you know he's just it's one of those things like they know how good he can be without all the shenanigans but he chooses to use those and it just makes the crowd so mad um, but like you mentioned with Shibati you know this stuff when he when he came and you know tried to attack Kenta um, you know, a few months ago, and then took a you know, hit some of his signature offense against Kenta. Everybody lost their mind. Like Shibata's back, this is outstanding. This is amazing. But he wasn't back. You know, Kenta beat the crap out of him again. Um, you know, in the Bullet Club, and Kenta literally sat down on his fallen body. Um, you know, did the the Shibata kind of crouching sit on uh Shibata's chest after he had beaten him up, and. uh you know, everybody thought, oh, man, this is setting up a match right away, but it didn't. And Shibata, you know, continued to to train and and focus on doing that and, you know, doing some commentary here and there. And so that's what he did here. He was at, comment, you know, he was at ringside for commentary. He was tired of the, you know, Goto shenanigans or uh, Gato shenanigans, excuse me. And, you know, interjected himself. Kenta came down, made him pay for it. So this is where I'm thinking if Shibata is medically cleared enough to have and and is in good enough shape to have the kind of caliber match that he wants to have against Kenta he will at Wrestle Kingdom. Um if not, I think it goes to Goto. I think Goto fights, you know, with Shibata in his corner against Kenta. Um you know, either is, is going to be an outstanding match. Of course Shibata would be you know more favorable there's a much better story there and of course everybody wants to she- see Shibata return as you mentioned like his injury you know the guy was pretty much paralyzed, and here he is doing all this stuff again. Um, just outstanding recovery, you know. Even that he that he could be as physical as he as he is. Um, so if he's able to return, as you mentioned, it'll be just tears flowing down everybody's faces. Um, just be an outstanding comeback story for him. Um, but I, you know, a, a program between and Hiroki Goto and Kenta, I think would also be great. I think it'd be in the great strong style, you know, type matchup. Um, But, you know, we see all, so with Jay White winning, you know, he, he goes to celebrate and close out the night and he says, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm going to be the double champion. They've been talking about this for several months. Uh, Naito was the first guy to bring it up. He said he wanted to be the intercontinental champion and the heavyweight champion. Uh, something that's never been done. They've never had a dual title holder, uh, in new Japan. Um, you know, Kodebushi said, Hey, you know, I'd like to do that too. And Jay White said, Hey, I want to do that too. And Jay White, you know, has, has one half of the puzzle right now. He has the intercontinental title. Um, so, you know, Naito comes down and then Abushi comes down and then Okada comes down and they all kind of hash it out. But nothing's really decided yet. You know, the fans were kind of saying, you know, what everybody was kind of thinking like, okay, Okada and Ibushi on night one of Wrestle Kingdom. And Okada says, if I have to defend my belt on January 5th, I will. I will defend my belt two nights in a row at Wrestle Kingdom because I'm the champion and that's what being a champion means. But Okada said he's not interested in the Intercontinental belt. He said, he basically said, I have gold. Why do I want silver too? You know, this is the belt. I have it. I'm not focused on on adding to it because this this is the one that everybody needs to. This is the one that proves that I'm the best wrestler in the world. Um, So, you know, everybody was kind of speculating. Okay, well, then, you know, with Naito winning this, you know, de facto number one contendership match, maybe he, you know, maybe he and Jay White fight on night one. Ibushi and Okada fight on night one. The winners of both of those matches will then fight each other. You know, and the winner would be the first dual champion. Um, Okada pretty much said, Let's leave it up to the fans to decide. You know, have a vote. Go online and vote. And he and he took the time to pot shot at Naito. Now, for those who don't know their new Japan history as well um, as some as some of us, I even kinda had to, to look this up and refresh my own memories. so I don't feel bad if if it didn't you know if you didn't catch the joke right away. But when Naito was champion, was it was the year that the Intercontinental Championship headlined Wrestle Kingdom, not the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Uh, Tanahashi versus um, Nakamura for the Intercontinental Championship headlined over Naito defending the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. And I believe it was done by a fan vote to determine which match should be the main event of Wrestle Kingdom. And they voted against Naito. So that is why Okada took, his, took that time to kind of pot shot and say, You remember voting? You remember letting the fans vote, don't you, Naito? Remember how that worked out before? Um, you know, since then, it has been made official. It has been decided. You know, those four men will meet in their multi- in their singles matches. Naito challenging Jay White for the Intercontinental Belt. Kotabuchi after winning the G one climax will fight Kajuka Okada for the IWGP heavyweight championship. The winners of both of those matches will fight each other, and I guess supposedly the losers of both those matches will fight each other on night two. So Come January 5th, we will have the first ever dual title holder. Someone will walk out holding both the IWGP Heavyweight Championship and the Intercontinental Championship. Um, You know? Who it is? I would... I would prefer it to be Switchblade. I think he's my choice just because he's so good at riling up the people and he he's so good at this whole gimmick of you know i say i'm gonna do something and i do it you know i said i was gonna beat you know uh you know okada at Wrestle kingdom and i did it i said i was gonna win the you know the the championship from tanahashi and i did it i said i was gonna you know after getting screwed over by refs for the first three matches and then in the um the g1 climax i said i was gonna win my last my last six and win my block and he did just that and made it to the finals um you know so he said that he's going to be the first ever dual champion so for me i think the best story is is that but i would actually be my heart wants to say jay white but i ultimately think it'll be kota ibushi
1: Yeah, it, it, I mean, you couldn't go wrong with a, any of those choices. Uh, and to kind of piggyback on, what, uh, on the whole Jay White thing, think, think about this, though. With Jay White, you know, not only doing everything he said he's going to do, look at what he's done since he's been back in two years. You know I mean? He's basically won the, uh, the singles grand slam of the heavyweight division, winning the IWGP U.S. and Intercontinental Championships. In that two-year span, Uh, he's he's had quite a a year, and he's grown a lot over these two years that he's uh, been back. So yeah, it's kind of it's kind of hard to bet against them, but it's also always hard um, to bet against the rainmaker. Uh, So uh, regardless, though, we will have champion versus champion on uh, on uh, January the fifth on part two of Wrestle Kingdom. Or whatever since they're <laughs> calling it, uh, but yeah, that that sets up everything, and and well, we are, are going to see quite a, a main event, and that that sets us up for uh, new, new um, wrestling. I mean, New Japan Pro Wrestling's World Tag League uh, in December, and uh, we have uh, your contestants here. We have Guerrillas of Destiny, Evil Ensenada, Ishii and Yoshihashi, Yano and Colt Cabana, Jeff Cobb and Mickey Nichols. That's a fun team, but an odd team there. Uh, of course, Mickey Nichols, the uh, former member of the mighty uh, Donil, uh, TM61 or the mighty, whichever you remember him as. Uh, Saxon Jr. and Taishi. Juice Robinson and David Finlay. Makabe and Homna. Minoru Suzuki and Lance Archer. Kenta and Yuhiro Takahashi. Tansen and Kojima. Tanahashi and Hinari. Nagata and Nakanishi. I don't think I've seen Nakanishi wrestle in New Japan in a hot minute.
0: It's been a little while that he's been. Yeah. He's, yeah, since he's been working. A few months at least. Mm-hmm.
1: Goto and Carl Fredericks. Batlock Fale and Chase Owens. And Shingo Takagi and Terrible. Uh, I do mean, you yeah. have a favorite here?
0: Well, I mean it's it's a whole lot of teams for starters. It's sixteen teams. And I don't know if that's larger than usual, but it seems like a whole lot of teams for essentially what's it's not a block turn it you know, it's not blocks like the G one is. It's it's um, you know, every single team will fight every single team and then the two people that have the most points will fight in a final. Um you know, with, with tiebreakers and new Japan math coming into play. But whole lot of teams. You know, some some people in there that I didn't expect. You know, I didn't expect Terrible to be in there. Um, you know, as as, you know, uh, a member of Los Ingobernables, you know, in the uh in the CMLL division, you know, he has done some appearances for, you know, with Mania shows last year. Um, you know, so him and Shingo, I think is an interesting duo. You know, bringing Jeff Cobb back, I think is cool, even putting him with Mikey Nichols. Um, you know, Colt Cabana coming back to team with Yano is a little funny too. Um, my sentimental favorite team is 10 Koji. Um, you know, I just absolutely love Kojima. He's pretty much one of the guys who in the, you know, uh, early, early two thousands helped kind of bring me into Japanese wrestling. You know, I'd always been infatuated with a lot of the guys and seen matches here and there, but at the time, you know, and with, the development of the internet versus having to do tape trading, which I was never really a part of. Um, You know, he's a guy who, who, after I saw him, uh, you know, I started ordering best of, of, of Kojima. And then by, you know, by through that rationale, seeing so many of the other stars that I would come to know and love um, as well. So, so Kojima is always kind of a sentimental favorite of mine. And, you know, him and on, you know, although they're both, upwards in age and they're pretty much at this point kind of relegated to you know opening matches and you know teaming with young lions and these kind of things um you know seeing them in the in the in the the tag league is going to be really is going to be really something special and at this point you know how many times how many more times are we going to see them get matches at you know against some of these top teams um so they're kind of my sentimental favorite now, the team that I really want to go all the way because they're absolute killers and they're just going to maul everybody is the suzuki goon team of uh, Minoru Suzuki and Lance Archer. Um, you know, it's just madness, personified violence, uh, you know, just absolute terror to their opponents and anyone who happens to be in the ringside area. Um, you know, because when you put... You know when you have the king of pro wrestling in there, and you bring the murder hawk monster, everybody dies, and that's pretty much how I see this this tournament going. Now I don't know if realistically they're going to win, but they're the ones who I'm going to enjoy watching them maul and beat up every single team uh, in the tournament. So my my sentimental favorite is Tenkoji. Uh, but my favorite that I'm going to literally salivate at, at every single match is Suzuki and, and Archer.
1: Yeah, I definitely gotta agree with you. They gotta be some of the favorites there. I uh, just came to realize that uh, the Yano and Cabana are probably one of my most biggest nightmare tag teams I could ever <laughs> watch, and I I I, 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 I thought to myself. What could be the worst mat- tag team match I would ever be tortured to see? Uh, and I will say, Yano and Cabana versus best friends would be probably make me want to rip my eyes off. I mean, look, I love Trent Moretta. and I, I don't understand his fascination with Chuck Taylor. Uh, but I, I cannot, you know. No, that if, if I would rather get oh, death than be tied to and forced to watch that match, tag team match. They'd have to Hopefully, like it never the happens.
0: Chi- they'd have to put you in the chair, strap you down, put those little things like when you have laser sur- laser eye surgery where they just like hold your eyelids open against your will and strap your face in like that's the only way they get you to watch that match. Unless. Otherwise you'd be closing your eyes, yeah. turning your head away, covering your ears. Um, yeah, it's, it's a weird team, you know, it's, it's essentially two comedy guys and they met in the new Japan cup. Cabana was, you know, representing ring of honor at the time in the new Japan cup. And he and Yano had a silly match that the crowd ate up. And so they kind of teamed together a couple times, um, you know, after that. And apparently they're doing it again just for you, Patrick.
1: Yeah. Well, you know. Another sign that the universe hates me here, uh, but yeah, uh, another favorite match. I mean, Guerrillas <coughs> Gor- realists of destiny—you can never bet against them. Uh, they, you know, they, they got to be some of the favorites as well, uh, and uh, I, I'm definitely interested to see how uh, Shingo and Terrible do, uh, and then. Other than that, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a fun uh, set of matches. You're going to see a lot of great talent, a lot of great tag teams, and uh, seeing the Blue Justice there, Yuhi Nagata, uh, somebody who I got to believe is getting close to that retirement as well. And uh, I don't know. I mean, with Liger, I think think Nagata might be the next one to, to go, I think, from the old guard. Uh, he in the Japan Pro Wrestling uh, N- Nagata, and, and I don't I wish retirement on demand, but if I had to be a guessing, a betting man, I'd say that he would be the next one uh, to uh, to start collecting them retirement
0: checks. Well, I, uh, and I mean he he's kind of he's not fully retired, but he's kind of at that point. You know, he's part of what they call the third generation. Um, you know. He and Nakanishi and Kojima and Tenzan, you know, are all part of what's referred to as the third generation. It's essentially like the third big grouping of people from New Japan. The second generation was uh, Shinya Hashimoto, the Great Muda, and Masahiro Chono. Um, you know, and the these are the guys that kind of followed them and, and led the led the company and led Japanese wrestling. So it's they're kind of all bordering on that age of you know they pretty much do opening matches you know multi-mans with teaming with young lions you know they work at the dojo helping to to groom the next generation um but yeah they're the four of them are are slowing down to the point where you know they really only have maybe a few big you know more big tournament type things like this in it like this may be the last time that you see, you know, any of these, of those four guys in, um, you know, in a big tournament like this, like, you know, none of them were in the G1 Climax this year. You know, they were not among what's considered the top 20 heavyweights. Um, all four of them, uh, well, no, not Tenzan, but Kojima and, uh, Nakanishi and Nagata were all part of this year's new Japan cut, but I don't know if any of them will be in it next year. Um, as you kind of mentioned, like not that we wanna wish it on them, but you know, it's it's a very taxing style, the the strong style, you know, even I mean professional wrestling is taxing in itself, but the strong style is just so much abuse on your body. And it's it's definitely a young man's game. And New Japan takes that kind of seriously. They're not gonna be like, yes, you're a big star and everybody loves you, but that doesn't mean we're gonna put you in the main event. Like you still have to be able to compete at a level that all these other guys in the main event can. And they're they're kind of slowing down to the point where they really they really can't necessarily compete at that level anymore. Um, you know, so yeah, this may be the last tag league for for any of the third generation guys. Um, you know, Nakanishi especially you could noticeably slowed down from his, you know, I mean, when he was an IWGP heavyweight champion, you know, in like two thousand six or two thousand eight. You know, he's noticeably slowed down. Um, you know, same with Tenzan as well. You know, it's just, it's the injuries. It's the it's the miles, essentially. And it just takes its toll on your body. Um, but, you know, Nagata still looks good. He's, but he is just slower, you know. Yeah. All right.
1: And, of course, uh, New Japan for Wrestling will present... Uh, the showdown here in Los Angeles uh, this uh, coming up weekend on November 9th and November 11th touting uh, Liger's last uh, wrestling match in uh, the United States. Uh, Not going through the whole card but I will go ahead and highlight uh, some of the matches. Uh, Liger is teaming up with Aaron Solo on night one to go against Yano and Cabana. Uh, We're also going to see Lance Archer versus Dave Finley for the U.S. Heavyweight Championship. Uh, ELP will defend the British Cruiserweight (laughs) Championship against show. And in your main event, Okada and Osprey versus Kota Ibushi and Amazing Red. Uh, who, of course, he had a fantastic match with Osprey uh, earlier this year uh, in the US in the, the, the New Japan show um, when they did Super J uh, here, uh, which, by the way, it's free. Right now, they're airing the match for free, they're making it available for free. Check out uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling for that. Uh, night two. Uh, we're going to get Kotebushi versus uh, Red Narita. We're going to get um, a main event of Los Angeles the versus Bullet Club with Naito and uh, Jay White uh, in those matches. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be a big two nights here on uh, in San Jose and Los Angeles uh, for the New Japan Pro Wrestling Showdown.
0: Well these these shows are kind of being considered the first of you know New Japan USA basically. You know they announced that they were going to be opening uh you know New Japan USA, you know about a month ago or you know or so and they would be running separate shows, you know, outside of the usual touring schedule of New Japan, so in theory you'd have more of the regulars on the main main Japanese shows here in the United States doing some of these and um, that's why there's also kind of talent that we don't normally see in new Japan, you know, amazing red, of course, you know, Aaron solo, um, you know, among several others, you know, some of the, the top of the class from the LA dojo and, you know, Carl Fredericks and Clark Connors and uh, as well, um, you know, being on those shows. So these are being heralded as the first of that, the new era of, of new Japan. In the usa um and if when those when they come to the southeast which they have stated you know they're fought you know several regions of the country they want to tour regularly you know several major cities in each region including the southeast so i assume atlanta would be one of the cities being that it's you know one of the larger cities in the southeast um you know if we get this caliber of roster i would be ecstatic you know, we had those New Japan shows in on the East Coast for the first time, you know, New Japan shows on American soil. And you didn't really have any of the Japanese talent. You didn't have any of the headliners. You, the only, you know, New Japan regular talent they were were all the North American-based talent. You know, the Killer Elite Squad, Rocky Romero, David Finley, Juice Robinson, you know, Best Friends, you know, people who competed for New <laughs> Japan and some which are regulars, but when everybody heard New Japan shows were going to be here in the United States, everybody thought, Okada, oh Tanahashi, you know, L I J, uh, you know, Bullet Club, like those are the people that everybody wanted to see. The the main guys. And we didn't get any of those. You know, tickets sold out in a matter of minutes, with the expectation of these big talents. But no talent was announced. Talent was not announced until weeks after The events had sold out, and that's when everybody became severely disappointed. So, as a fan, if they come to Atlanta without announcing any talent, I'm not going to buy a ticket right away, because I don't want to pay to see, essentially, a bunch of of U.S. independent Southeast All-Stars in what's being considered a New Japan ring. I can just pay a much cheaper ticket and go to any of the independents in the in the Southeast and see most of these guys. Why pay the upcharge for a New Japan show when there's really not any of the top tier New Japan talent? So if when they come to the Southeast, we get this level of talent. You get, you know, Ibushi, Okada, you know, Naito, you know, you get Jay White, you get, you know... Uh, this the top level guys, if we get all those guys when they come to the to the southeast, I will jump up and down uh just waiting to buy tickets. I will be so ecstatic. Um you know, but the and these lineups seem interesting. There is a mix of New Japan guys, of newer, you know, of the of the US-based guys. I would be perfectly fine with that kind of show here in, in Atlanta. Um, but if it's just a bunch of you know Southeast Indy All-Stars who are getting to say they wrestled on a Japan show, then I will not be buying my ticket. Um yeah, we we have learned we
1: have learned many people were burned uh, with the North Carolina show.
0: <laughs> we, ha- we have learned a lesson. Beware. Wait until talent announcements. Um, so hopefully with this new Japan expansion, it, hopefully this is an indication of the way things will be between new Japan tours, you know, they'll bring, you know, they're of course not the entire roster, but if they make it kind of a rotating group, you know, you bring kind of this part of the roster one time, the next time they come around, there's different guys that way they keep it kind of mixing up the, the Japanese talent. And of course, hopefully lots and lots of meet and greets. Um, yeah, I mean, we're not greedy. Yeah, yeah. We'll take just, a, you know, all it takes is really just a few of the top guys at a time. Um, you know, but they are going to be fun shows. They'll be, of course, available to watch on New, on New Japan World. Um, you know, these shows. And, and I'm assuming once the New Japan U.S. shows, those will also be available on New Japan World. I don't know if they're going to show live or they're going to show them kind of, you know, after the fact. And they'll have, like, you know, you watch it on some other distributor live in the U.S. I S I don't know how that's how the logistics of all that are going to work just yet, but, um, you know, some fun shows to watch, um, in, you know, in, as we wait till the end of the month when, uh, the tag league starts.
1: Yeah. All right. So that is new Japan pro wrestling. Uh, you know, uh, Now we move on to uh, also this weekend, uh, Full Gear, their first pay-per-view for AEW since they uh, launched uh, Dynamite on Wednesday nights. We'll we'll get to that in a second, uh, but first, we have to talk about the Wednesday Night Wars because, of course, this is what we do every Thursday night live on the pod BNAP is talking about that Wednesday night wars <laughs> and, and Danny, it's uh let's, let's kind of lead up to the ne- Wednesday night wars, because I think that uh, this is very important. Uh, last Thursday, the crown jewel happened. Uh, man, we didn't even talk about the crown jewel.
0: Uh, eh, it's j- not really worth talking about. It- <laughs> we talked so a little it's, bit about, it's we ran down slightly. some of the stuff that happened last week. I mean, because it happened, that yeah, yeah. We will, you know, we talked about yeah, some of the results so, and stuff,
1: right? So, what? what but the aftermath—the aftermath,
0: uh, the uh, aftermath is, is the more important thing, yeah,
1: yeah. So, for reasons unknown, rumor and says, issues between the government, uh, the, the Great Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, and uh, Vince McMahon is, uh, uh, of course, who you were going to get some drama. I mean, you want to trust them. I mean, come on. Uh, there, there's a reason why they call it blood money. Uh, But nonetheless, uh, most of the talent was stuck at the airport for reasons unknown to most, but everybody can speculate. Nobody could get uh, to SmackDown uh, on Fox the day after. So, well, what did they do? I don't know if this was planned. Most likely it was not, but happy coincidence. Um, it became an NXT invasion on Friday night a SmackDown and the NXT roster on this period era, uh, Tommaso Ciampa, Shayna Baszler, and more, uh, came out, Matt Riddle, uh, Keith Lee, uh. The, the, the whole roster basically came over and took over Friday Night Smackdown, uh, which we got to see some you know, bangers of matches, including uh, that main event between uh, Adam Cole and Daniel Bryan. Uh, but then on Monday night, the invasion continued, not with the roster, at least the raw roster in full effect. Uh, we got to see the invasion continue. And well, maybe NXT, maybe the Disputed Era messed with the wrong people. Because this Wednesday, we got another takeover, uh, pun intended, as the OC, AJ Styles, Carl Anderson, and Luke Gallows came to Full Sail University, uh, beat down uh, the uh, Undisputed Era. And came out and well, they were ready to take over NXT, uh, and uh, this is what we got. We got the, of course, uh, the OC uh, taking over NXT, which set up the main event of the OC versus Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, and Matt Riddle. Pete Dunne defeated Damian Priest. Uh, Tenara Conti defeated Santana Garrett, making her uh, official. Uh, NXT debut uh, since she officially signed her contract. Shayna Baszler defeated Dakota Kai, uh, which the aftermath uh, brought down uh, the uh, the participants of the war games match. Rhea Ripley, Candice LeRae, Tegan Nox, Mia Yim uh, so far, versus Shayna Baszler, Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, and I Fourth member to be determined. Uh, is gonna be your uh, your You know, I don't know if you, you have a, a guess on who the fourth member would be, but my money right now is on Tommy
0: Storm. Tony Storm. I. It's interesting. I. You know, like we talk You know, I kind of we kind of talked last week about who we thought the women's war game team to be, with Shayna being a captain. A little surprised that, that her two buddies, Marina and Jessamine are kind of left in the dust. I get it. They're not really seasoned, experienced professional wrestlers. But they're her running buddies. It's kind of assumed that she's forming a team. They're going to be on it. Um, yeah, I don't really know who the fourth would be unless it is somebody from, you know, NXT UK. Um, you know, I don't really know who's... I don't really watch the U- the NXT UK, so I don't know who, like, is technically one of the big bad guys over there, um, in that women's division, you know, but one would think that it would be somebody who's on the bad guy side being that that's the bad guy team. Um, you know, and seemingly Dakota Kai kind of left in the dust, uh, and not a part of, uh, of team Maria Ripley, Mia Yim, basically taking that spot from her, um, you know, with Dakota losing her match and then Mia coming out to kind of save everybody with the kendo stick. She kind of earned her spot in and, and poor Dakota's left in the dust. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure who's coming in. I don't, I, I really don't know. Um, I'm, I was kind of trying to pick my brain and see who, who would be that fourth member, but uh, your theory of, of possible Tony storm or maybe somebody else from the NXT UK, I think is a solid one. Um, Because there's really not any other, you know, females that would be um, on the NXT roster that are kind of within a, you know, a heel allegiance that would possibly side with Shayna, you know? Um, I mean, yeah, I don't really, I really don't
1: know. The the next, the rest of the show, Angel Garza defeated Tony Knees for a, NXT Cruiserweight Championship, I still can't get over saying that, Uh, title opportunity. So Angel Garza, after uh, taking a a few losses here, uh, taking the win against Knees, and yeah, so at at some point, we'll see Angel Garza. I think they
0: said next week on NXT, it'll be Leo Rush against him. Yeah, I think it's next week.
1: Okay, that'll be interesting.
0: They got two hours to fill. I'm sad. That with all the number one contendership matches and the title matches for the cruiserweight championship happening on NXT, that two of five live has basically just turned into main event for the cruiserweight division. It's basically just a match. They have little mini feuds. But it's not really anything that's that's of great consequence. All the great consequence stuff now happens on NXT. I'm kind of yeah, sad. Yeah, just
1: because they're smaller guys does not mean you need to call them minis. All right. <laughs> they're not that small. I didn't
0: call them minis. I didn't say anybody <laughs> was a mini. You said they I mean, were yeah. going to have mini matches. No. Oh, wah wah wah. I mean, All Little right. Rush is okay. kind of tiny, though. He's a very tiny uh, adult. Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: but he's an adult. We have proven that. Although... That's that's true. Yeah. He's sort He looks yeah. like a kid. Yeah. Uh, Dominic Jakovic defeated Isaiah Swerve Scott. And in your main event... Uh, Chiampa, Lee and Riddle versus the OC ended in a contest. The referee got knocked down, uh, and uh, then uh, we got uh, we, we saw Finn Balor here uh, making an appearance, and what it looked like a possible uh, salute here between. Uh, one AJ Styles and Finn Balor, of course. For everyone that knows, as we've been talking about New Japan, its history. Uh, they were the two, the first two uh, quote unquote leaders of Bullet Club, um, before Kenny Omega and now Jay White. So, uh, yeah. But then came out uh, Adam Cole and attacked. Um, AJ Styles, but we did see also Finn Balor attack Riddle. Not sure what that's all about. What, what was he? Was he kind of saying, "Hey, I'm with the main roster, but I'm on NXT." I don't know. Is is he uh, BC for life?
0: Well, it um, it brings up a lot of interesting questions, like you mentioned. Is it just because he's, you know, he's like, "Yeah, I'm in NXT, but I'm not." Team NXT, you know, um, as I don't think he had anything against Riddle specifically. You know, it seems that his beef is is with Johnny Gargano. Uh, but you know, yeah, I think it may be that he feels he's bigger than NXT. You know, we have seen brief hints at alliance between you know the OC and and Finn Balor over time. You know, on the main roster, uh, but never anything official. You know, of a baller club, so to speak. Um, so I don't know. It, it's a good. It's a good story point, though, because it it asks more questions than it answers.
1: Yeah, I, I, I love it. And of course, the line of the week. And I think I'm finding one all the time. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa talking to the OC. Uh, Telling you know when he was talking about how people were asking Chiampa, When are you going to go to the main roster? and Chiampa following that with telling the OC, Welcome to the main roster.
0: Yeah, uh, no, that's fun.
1: I enjoyed that. Too. That's, yeah.
0: We are the main yeah. roster, we're the show that everybody's talking about. You know, that's not that's cool. I was, I really enjoyed that. I'm I, now I haven't been watching I guess raw as much as I should probably. Um, when did gallows decide to start painting his face like the warlord? I uh, know that he it, I know that you know when he was in Japan you know he and Anderson would paint their faces and he would do the face paint sometimes but his makeup specifically on NXT looked like the warlord.
1: I've I've noticed that he's had this look for a hot minute. Uh, at least since he was with the OC, since the OC was created, I feel like he's worn paint on and off. But yeah, for sure, but since well, he changes the OC. up
0: he changes up the look of the paint though from time to time. That's what I'm saying. This specific design with the with the way it, it came to the points around his eyes. Made me instantly think of the warlord, um, versus anything that gal you know, when he would, when he and Anderson used to paint their faces together, they would do kind of more, you know, skullish designs or they would do kind of a stripe, kind of you know, uh, uh, camouflage type colors and things like that. Um, just kind of very thrown off by him paying homage to the warlord, seemingly, um, with his makeup, yeah. Uh,
1: great, great show. Uh, we'll, we'll get to the comparisons with uh dynamite in a minute. But man, uh, wh- whether it's it is the fact that they had to the take over, uh, of SmackDown and Raw, or just the continuing increase of usage, I, I don't know if the OC really affected it as much. Ratings only because they showed up, you know, that day. It's not like they they weren't announced or they weren't advertised. Uh, but you know, the beatdown was uh, showed up all over social media before the show started. It could be a little bit, but uh, yeah, great show on NXT this this Wednesday. Now, dynamite. This was the um, the the show that led up to full gear and. We had five matches. We got Pac defeated Trent. Of course, Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor with uh, shenanigans there. But Pac, of course, taking the win. No doubt about that. Um, Then we had Private Party defeated Dark Order to retain their third place medal. Um, Yeah, I guess we're defending the medals. I must have missed that memo. Emmy uh, Sakura and Jamie Hater defeated Rio and Shauna. Sean Spears, uh, who still has got the 10 thing going on a little bit, defeated Brandon Cutler. And Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, defeated Hangman Page and Kenny Omega in your main event. Uh, of course, uh, the rest of the group coming to be beat up on Page and Omega, and the, of course, the, the Elite coming out and helping out, uh, and it looks like we were going to get a barbed wire batter off between Omega and um, and Moxley before LAX came out and ruined that, but yeah, a huge brawl at the end also, uh, and MJF came out. Uh, I will, but something a lot of people have been talking about is Cody's promo. Cody's promo for on that show. Uh, also, uh, you know, declaring if he loses this match, he's not going to um, challenge for the AEW championship again, which only means one thing, right? Uh, But, yeah, a lot of people tell you about that promo. uh, Talking but what do you think of, of the show overall here? I feel like personally for me, slightly underwhelming for the most part. That's
0: unfortunately the way that I've kind of been feeling with the AEW shows kind of overall is just kind of underwhelmed. Like they're okay, but they're not great. They don't really jump out at me. Um, yeah, it's just <coughs> it's it's decent, you know. But I'm not getting hooked into the storylines or the characters. The match, most of the matches, really don't grab my attention. Um, you know, but as everybody's been talking about, that promo from Cody was. You know, extremely intense, and it, you know, people are saying, oh, it's, you know, like his, it's like his dad's version of the, hard, you know, like his version of his dad's hard times type promo, you know, where it's like a possibly defining promo, you know, where it's, you know, be, because there is a lot of realism and a lot of truth in it, um, you know, he's able to invoke kind of emotion in himself, and, and through the way he's speaking, he's able to invoke emotion in the people watching. Um, so to me, you know, that's the big exciting thing from the show and, you know, yeah, there was a lot of matches and, and, you know, you face-offs between, you know, people that are fighting, you know, at full gear and, you know, you had this kind of wild, crazy all ending of the show. I think the thing that everybody's been talking about, you know, is, is Cody Rhodes' promo and, you know, I mean, that. To me, is is the real big takeaway um, from from the show. Uh, so I think that's that's the big thing. Is is Cody's promo was really the only note noteworthy thing out of a go home show for their first big pay per view. So if if that is the case, that um, that's the, that's what everybody's talking about. Hopefully it, it sells pay-per-views because you know, it in a world where everybody's used to having a subscription to some kind of network and getting all the shows live with AEW, you're still having to purchase shows individually as far as these pay-per-views, you know, through fight TV or whomever now. Um, So hopefully that promo was strong enough to generate a lot of purchases and get a lot of people interested in the show. (coughs) Yeah. So
1: as we're talking Monday night, I mean, Wednesday Night Wars, pay attention to my days of the week um, here. Big numbers to to take a look at. AEW, 822,000 viewers. NXT 813,000 viewers.
0: That's a close gap. I mean, that gap has gotten closer and closer. Yeah, and I think it definitely helped with both Raw and SmackDown. Um, You know, having NXT talent and doing this whole Survivor Series is, you know, Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT. To where people want, you know, some people who may not watch NXT are now getting to see some of their NXT's top wrestlers in bigger matches, you know, on Raw and SmackDown. Um, you know, and, and possibly tuning in to to want to see the NXT product. Um, I think that's really interesting. An interesting way of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, to me, I don't know about you,
1: Danny, but I got to give NXT the edge this week. I think the matches were more compelling overall, the stories uh, in comparison to AEWs uh, where, you know, outside of, uh, of the elite, uh, I, I haven't seen them really uh, and, and the inner circle. I haven't seen really put out the best that they can out of these other guys, but with NXT, uh, this wins. It. I I just think that they, they get the edge for me.
0: Yeah, I think I think once again on for me is uh in NXT takes it. It's uh and for for your pretty much your similar reasons that with you know outside of a few matches here and there overall AEW is just okay there's not a whole lot that is you know that's that's note that's newsworthy that's noteworthy that's like holy crap I'm glued to my tv screen um you know but NXT is bringing more of that and uh you know I think it's it's kind of an uphill battle with with it with AEW because you know so many of us are um, glued into these long tenured storylines of NXT and and the stories of these characters. Whereas with AEW, you know, we're still having to learn about everybody. Um, we're still having to learn the who's, the whats, and the wheres and the whys. Um, where some of these yeah. you know these feuds in NXT have been building for months and months and months and months and months or you just have a lot stronger emotional connection to the characters. Um, So, yeah, definitely, for me, NXT wins again. So, uh, it is prediction
1: time. I'm going to run through the card uh, in any, and uh, you can go ahead and give me your predictions for some finish. Uh, in no particular order, uh, we're going go to go uh, bottom to top. Of course, I believe the uh, uh, Omega versus Moxley is going to be the main event as it is a non-sanctioned lights out match. So it's possibly going to be the uh, main event post-pay-per-view. There's, I'm not sure how that's going to work. So here are your eight matches currently. Um that are, you know, that are uh, scheduled. Joey Janela versus Sean Spears. So Callen Censor will defend the AEW World Tag Team Championships against the Lucha Brothers and Private Party. Rio will defend uh, the AEW Women's World Championship against Amy Sakura. Uh, Brie Priestley versus Britt Baker. Pac versus Adam Page, the Young Bucks versus LAX. I am not sure they're still being called LAX. They're, you know they're what proud and
0: powerful, is the team name oh. they're using now because LAX, I guess, is is owned by TNA. Gotcha. Um, PNP,
1: S&O whatever you want to call him. Chris Jericho defends the AEW Championship against Cody Rhodes. If Cody loses, he will never challenge for the AEW Championship ever again. And Jon Moxley versus Kenny Omega. Non-sanctioned, lights-out match.
0: All right, I'm gonna... I guess we'll give our predictions starting at the bottom where you started. I think Sean Spears... Beats Joy Janela. I think Sean Spears, you know, after his match with Cody, I think he needs a strong win to kind of rebound yeah. and be seen as a major player in the company still. Um, and do you want me to just go up and go up through all mine and yeah. then you can go up through all yours? Okay. Yeah, go for um, it. I, I think SoCal Uncensored retains the championships. Um, little odd to for me to think you know the private party gets interjected in here as it seems that the the big money feud was between socal and the lucha brothers i mean they did that at the at the finals but at the same time that's the big feud still seems odd to add private party in there but i guess you know they're the crowd's taken to them they're exciting but i think socal hangs on longer um i think riho retains against emmy sakura I think, I don't think, you know, I think Riho's still on such a good roll that I don't think you want to take the belt from her right away. Um, B Priestley versus Britt Baker. I think Britt wins. Um, you know, she's got to kind of get some revenge against B for, for the dastardly things that B Priestley has been doing to her over the last, you know, several weeks. Um, Hangman Page versus Pac is a little bit harder to, to figure out. Especially since they did do their singles match and it kind of went to, uh, you know, didn't really get a clear cut winner exactly. Um, I think Adam Page maybe takes it. You know, maybe Pac tries some shenanigans, but I think Page, uh, Hangman Page, takes it. I think Sant- Santana and Ortiz beat the Young Bucks, and I don't think they do it alone. I think that there's other people in the inner circle, you know, Jake Hager and Sammy Guevara, uh, you know, keep the numbers advantage so that the young Bucks are unable to get the victory. Um, even though Cody claims he'll never challenge for the belt again, I do think that Chris Jericho will win. Um, you know, essentially, Cody's the biggest, you know, one of the biggest stars in the company. It's his company. Uh, he doesn't necessarily need the championship to be the guy. You know, it, it plays to his character to have the championship. Yes, but I don't think he needs it. I think it plays better for Chris Jericho right now. Um, and this lights out match, um, this one to me could go either way too. You know, Omega's been on this kind of slide where since coming to you know to AEW, he's just been happy. He's kind of going through like a career slump basically, where he's having difficulty. Finding wins, um, you know, and an, a non-sanctioned match, I think, plays more into John Moxley than it does Kenny Omega. So I think, you know, possibly Moxley wins and Kenny Omega continues his his slump, uh, you know, just because he's he essentially outmatched. That's not his his forte. You know, his forte is is a long athletic contest, not. A fight with tables and barbed wire and those kind of things.
1: Yeah, uh, I might <laughs> we, maybe along the lines of yours. Maybe some not so personally. I, I'm gonna give Sean Spears the edge here. Like you said, I think he needs a strong win. Uh, I'm ready to see a title change hands, and I think the tag team titles will change hands. Lucha Brothers will win the titles. Uh, Rio will retain her women's championship. Makers will win because you know she's a dentist, and dentists make people feel pain. Uh, Pac's gonna defeat Adam Page. I don't see anything else happening with that. The Young Bucks go over Santana and Ortiz. Uh, man. I, I think as much as you think that Jerk's going to win, uh, I, you bring good points, but no, I'm going with Cody. And in your uh, Lights Out match, I think John Moxley defeats Kenny Omega because at this point, Kenny Omega could lose every single match he wrestles in and he'll still be uh, on top here. So, yeah, so that's full gear. AEW's uh, pay-per-view uh, available. Uh, I think... Uh, with you know cable providers, I think they're gonna have it on Fight TV. Uh, I, I'm not sure the price, but I heard it's fifty dollars. So all right, have fun paying fifty dollars to watch the show. Uh, I know people still pay fifty dollars to watch a pay per view, to a wrestling pay per view in uh, 2019, uh, which is I think where we're at right now. Uh, but yeah, that'll be this uh, Saturday. Uh, and and of course we'll be seeing NXT take over and Survivor Series uh, the weekend before Thanksgiving. Uh, surprisingly, War Games will not have a single uh, of the major uh, NXT titles defended as uh, Shane Bessler will be in War Games and all of Undisputed Era will be in War Games matches. So that means that four championships will not be defended, which, hey, which means Leo Rush may be the only NXT champion defending a belt at NXT TakeOver. Um, so far, only two matches am- announced, uh, three more to go. Survivor Series, of course, uh, announced our Brock Lesnar versus Ray Mysterio for the WWE Championship, as Brock Lesnar has quit SmackDown. Uh, and moved over to a Raw. Uh, Becky Lynch versus Bayley versus Shayna Baszler uh, for in, in a champion versus champion versus champion triple threat match, which, by the way, if you haven't listened to that, uh, you know, the, the face-to-face between Becky Lynch and Shayna Baszler, please go out your way to watch it. It was so cool. Uh, and the Viking Raiders versus the Revival versus Undisputed Era, another champions versus champions versus champions. Uh, so uh, I can't wait to see what else they have. We'll most likely be seeing a couple of five-on-five traditional Survivor Series matches as well, and, and who will? Who knows what else? Uh, but I'm definitely looking forward to this uh, Survivor Series as NXT is now part of it, and. Uh, you know, just a little something to make it a little bit different, a little bit newer, and maybe a little bit exciting. Uh, and yeah, Chicago is going to be, uh, you know, a great time. It's going to enjoy a great time here with uh, NXT takeover uh, and with Survivor Series. Of course, I'm I'm bringing them up now because we will be on another very short break as. Uh, uh, as the FOW studios are going uh, to be unavailable, I, I am going on vacation for the rest of the month uh, and I'll be unavailable to do a uh, live podcast. Uh, uh, going to my my, my country, my, my homeland, and, and I can't speak for the internet uh, over there, so can't say we'll actually have a very good show if I try to do it from there. Uh, so we will not have a show for the next three weeks, uh, but we'll make sure that we have all the live shows downloaded, and of course we have a great backlog. Danny will be in North Carolina for uh, WrestleCade weekend uh, in uh, late uh, in late November. Danny, I'm sure you're looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, um, very excited uh, about WrestleCade this year. Of course, the big, big, big headliner is the Great Muda. And as we talked about some of the guys in New Japan, you know, how many more chances are you going to get to see the great Muda? Um, He will be there signing autographs. I think he's also going to be in a featured match at the super show, Um, you know, among dozens of others of top stars of today, yesterday, and tomorrow. Um, You know, it's, I'll be there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, so please, if you see me, if you want to see me, come by, say hi. We can talk about wrestling. You can buy me a drink. Um, you know, it's it's usually fun times, uh, late-night drinking shenanigans. Um, so hopefully you can be there. Um, you know, you can find out all the information about that on uh, their Facebook as well as their website. It's Wrestlecade. Um, I think wrestle just WrestleCade.com, I think is the website. Um, but I'm, I've been looking forward to it for months since I think over the summer they announced that Great Moodle was going to be a headliner. Um, and then you know, Team Three D will also be there. Dustin Rhodes is going to be there, and I think on Friday night Dustin's going to be giving a, like a an hour, hour plus kind of Q and A storytelling type session thing, which is probably going to be really really cool. Um, you know, somebody who's been in the business and been around the business for so long, he probably just has an amazing wealth of interesting stories. Um, uh, you know, just it's, I think one of the big things also is they're doing a, a world-class, uh, championship wrestling, um, kind of reunion on Sunday, I think is a big talk with everybody from that, that was a part of it. Um, you know, it's it's always yeah, I was there last year, I had a whole lot of fun. Um, and I'm I'm extremely looking forward to, to this year.
1: Yeah, it's gonna it should be a fun uh, being there before and who knows, I make make an appearance if I if I'm still alive after a great uh, vacation in Peru. Uh, But that is it for the show. Thanks for for listening. Be sure to uh, subscribe uh, to FOW Radio. We're here on Podbean, Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, iTunes, Google Play. Uh, Also, check us out on the Twitter machine at FOW Radio. Danny's on Twitter at Danny F. in Danger. I'm on Twitter at YellowmanPA. And then.